Hey. <laughs> hello, hello, hello. Oh my god, do you have a script? <laughs> kind of. Oh my god. Yeah, I didn't do homework for this. <laughs> Welcome to Don't Call Me Diavachka, the podcast where we explore modern womanhood in Putin's Russia. Just kidding. <laughs> it's not about Putin. Our podcast is the only podcast in Russia that is not about Putin. My name is Samantha Burkhead. And I'm Liana Pavlova. So this is our first ever episode, and we decided to start this podcast because we here's the elephant in the room we need to kind of talk about we are both journalists who work for a respected independent media outlet in moscow um this podcast isn't really affiliated with that because we want to have the independence to be a little bit spicy a little bit salacious um and the only way we can do that is if we're doing our own thing so we are completely independent (laughs) Yes, and we are completely unfunded, so if you want to fund us, please donate. <laughs> we do have a Patreon account. You can find us by just Googling Don't Call Me Diavichka Patreon, and we will pop up. That would mean a lot to us to have your support. And we already have 200 followers on Twitter, which I just saw, and that was lit. Ooh. The girls are living for us, so thank you guys so much. And yeah, back to why I was talking. So the reason why we're starting this is because in our day-to-day work as journalists, we would always be talking to each other about ideas and we would be like, oh, this woman, you know, she's doing this in this industry and she's really fierce. We would always want to interview these women and there would never be a news hook or like a reason to really write about them. So this gives us the opportunity to highlight and really celebrate some of the influential Russian women who are changing things and just being fierce queens in their life and in their industry. I think it is very liberating to be able to talk to women that we find very interesting that is not really tied to the news cycle because I think so much of what we do day to day is driven by the news cycle in Russia, which can get kind of crazy and out of hand. And I think a lot of it is very male driven too. But that's also a lot of times not the real story. Like there's so many women in politics, in business, in culture, arts that are driving the conversation in Russia today. And I think there is nothing like this in Russia, in, at least in the English speaking world. Um, there are a few podcasts in the Russian language world that are exploring this a little bit more deeply. But um, we really wanted to do something for the English speaking audiences because I think Russia is a very misunderstood country, (laughs) Uh, especially a very misunderstood country in the West. And uh, we just wanted to bring some of that realness into your daily lives. Giving you the realness. Yeah, um, definitely. A lot of the Russia-watching community, I'm going to say something controversial yet brave, you know, is coming from a very uh, wealthy white male perspective, you know. Colonial. I'm not going to, like, come for anybody or, like, you know, cancel anybody, but 
But to me, that's not even the most offensive thing. To me, the most offensive thing is that none of it is fun or funny or like entertaining. Like it doesn't... Or sexy. It's not sexy. Um, So... Yeah, should we introduce ourselves like who we are? (laughs) Yeah, who are we? Who are are these bitches? No, I'm kidding. So my name is Samantha Burkhead, but you can call me Sam. I've been living in Moscow for two and a half years, and I'm American, as you can tell. I work as the news editor for the Moscow Times, and during my time here, I've done a lot of reporting on women's issues in Russia, everything ranging from the domestic violence situation to a kinky party that was held on Zoom during coronavirus quarantine. I've always been interested in things that affect women here. I mean, I am a woman, so naturally, right? And just exploring how gender relations here are so different than they are back home. And I would say I've been obsessed with Russia for as long as I can remember. I would watch the Winter Olympics and every time I would be just obsessed with the Russian figure skaters. I don't even know why. I had the weirdest like girl crush on Yevgeny Plushenko. Like he was the one. But yeah, I mean, after that, I remember just continuing to dive into the literature and the culture and the history. Poets like Marina Svetaeva and Anna Akhmatova, I was just really drawn in by their words and the way that their femininity and their lives as mothers really impacted their work. Eventually, I started taking Russian classes, and I did that for a few years when I was living in Washington, D.C. And then I applied for a job at the Moscow Times, and I did not think I was going to get it, but I got it. Ever since then, I've tried to report stories that can show people a different alternative side of Russia. And I hope to keep doing that with this podcast, because like we said, there are so many women here who are worth celebrating and worth hearing their perspectives on what it means to be a woman in Russia. And I'm so excited to be doing this with Uliana. Hi everyone, my name is Uliana Pavlova and I am a journalist for the Moscow Times focusing on human rights reporting. During my time at the Moscow Times, I got to cover a variety of stories, including covering the Navalny protests, stories on domestic violence, and women who are looking to stop that in Russia and the resistance they're facing. Um, I have been interested in women's issues for as long as I can remember myself, so I think it is really cool that we're starting this podcast Um, I'm a Russian-Ukrainian woman myself, and I'm also a journalist. For the past seven years, I have lived in the U.S. Um, Before coming back to Russia and joining the Moscow Times, which this podcast is not affiliated with, uh, we're doing this on our own time. I have also worked as a journalist in Washington, D.C., and I reported on regulation, but I report on a variety of issues besides that. So I have written for Political Europe, Bloomberg, St. Louis Post-Dispatch, Moscow Times, um, did a short internship for the CNN's investigative unit, which was cool. So I think what cemented my interest in doing um, reporting on women's rights issues was actually one of the first stories um, I have done during my first internship at Political Europe. So thank you for letting me do it. I did a story on former ISIL sex slaves who have been rescued and brought to Germany for treatment. 
And I think having that experience so early on in my career and also around the same time as the Me Too movement started picking up have really um, formed me, you know, as a person and a professional and cemented my interest in women's rights issues. Because just from uh, my reporting and having conversations with women, I think, you know, we make up probably the better half of the population of the planet. And it is ridiculous that our stories do not get told the same way. And I find it to be a very underreported issue, especially in Russia. I myself have been raised by a generation of very strong Russian-Ukrainian women, so help me God. Um, but shout out to Babusia for supporting this podcast. I love you. But my second passion is, you know, also reporting on Russia for the Western audiences because working in the newsrooms and living in the U.S. has really exposed me to how much just gets lost in translation and I really wanted to become a type of reporter who helps bridge that gap at least a little bit. So um, I'm very excited for what's to come on this podcast. We already have probably a very long list of guests that we want to invite and issues that we want to talk about. And I have been itching to talk about this. So I hope you stay along and contribute and support the podcast because we would really appreciate it. Going back to what you were saying about Russian women being misunderstood, I mean, I think for foreign media coverage, a lot of it does focus on these really serious, dark issues like domestic violence and sexual harassment and this kind of culture of gender inequality, as well as, I mean, you know, the like Western bro stories of like, oh, I got lost with like Russian prostitutes last night when I was drinking or something. Maybe that was more of the 90s, but... um, I think male gaze is pretty much everywhere in any male-dominated industry. And when women come in, I think we bring different perspectives of what it really means to be a woman and which issues women actually care about. Um, yeah. yeah. And I think we're not afraid of having really tough, difficult conversations, but we also, I mean, we do want to highlight all these facets of women who are making positive change or just succeeding in their field and really just doing the work of like, being strong and being empowered and intelligent. Right. And like, it will be a good mix, uh, a good Russian mix of dark and funny. So (laughs) the the yin and the yang. The yin and the yang. But yes, and um, we're planning to invite really great guests in different areas of Russian culture, politics and business. And we already have like a pretty impressive list lined up. I think if we do all of the interviews that we said we're going to do. There's a lot. There's a lot. (laughs) um, We are set for at least a year. And I think what is also very important. So obviously we want to focus on the podcast part of it. But we also are thinking about launching a YouTube channel to complement our podcast. So there will be video. And I think it will be really fun if you subscribe to our YouTube channel. Don't call me Devichka. Because I think the next episode, when we do have a guest, will be also a video episode that you can watch on YouTube. But we do want this to be a high quality product. Like we want this to be a good podcast that has a good soundtrack, um, good audio. When we start a YouTube channel, it will be shot professionally. Um, So, you know, we are trying to bring the best content we can. 
what else would you want to talk about? How would you rate being a woman in Russia versus being one in the United States? Not mm-hmm. rate, but like for me so far, it's kind of, it's really not an, a question that has an answer. Yeah. <laughs> I was just kind of thinking, I was just thinking, you know, but like, I feel like there's things that are better and things that are worse about each of them. Like, for example, I almost never get catcalled here. But also, I mean, in Russia, there's just more of a like kind of boys club. No, I think there's like a boys club in general. I mean, I think there is like this whole issue of, you know, femininity. I think Russian women are more encouraged to embrace their femininity. And uh, women are not necessarily, you know, see it as anti-feminist. And, you know, there's I think Russian women tend to be a little bit more traditional in terms of things like family, starting family early, um, getting married early. But that doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, they don't have some of the same goals and ambitions. Um, But there is just like a different culture where it's more accepted. And I think in U.S., like people, you know, there is kind of this assumption that if you're marrying really young, you're kind of wasting your life away. Um, It's like leaving a party at 9 p.m., like no one showed up yet you're really just gonna go okay have fun right yeah and I think that that's a little different and I think women here also enjoy like you know being taking out on a dates where a man pays for and um having them to open the door and you know there's like more I think gender roles that are ingrained in our culture but at the same time it's not necessarily um it's seen not as like, sexist yeah Well, yeah, it's just a different cultural norm. It's not actively sexist. Right. It's not like actively sexist. But if I'm, for example, uh, if I'm struggling carrying something heavy, like there will always be a man who'll be like, hey, do you need help? I mean, not that this won't happen in US, but I think in here, like it's just kind of seen as common courtesy. Like it's just something you do. But yeah, I think there is there are like definitely differences. And I think the feminism culture is still not fully ingrained in Russia. There's a lot of um, resistance for some reason, uh, especially among women uh, who for some reason see it as they don't need feminism, but at the same time they use all the um, benefits and advantages of feminism without really realizing it. But I think also in some ways Russia is more progressive in women's rights. Um, Like, for example, in the 60s, during the Soviet Union, Soviet women, I think, were seen as more equal to men than, for example, in U.S., where there was like this heavy, you know, American housewife and mother culture that I think um, met a lot of resistance then in the 70s. And, you know, women were kind of embracing their own independence in a way that maybe we didn't see that wave here. Yeah, like burning their bras and shit. (laughs) Burning their bras and shit. But I think that's because the pendulum in the U.S. swung the other way because it was so much more conservative. 
Um, while, you know, like Russian women is basically the whole reason why the Soviet economy rose back because all the men were dead. It was not like unheard of for women to be like, you know, acknowledged scientists, factory directors, you know, uh, once we sent the first man to the moon, uh, the Soviet party made sure that they sent the first woman to the moon, even though that woman wasn't really qualified, but that was a different story. Uh, she was kind of a rando, um, <laughs> but you know I think we love you girl you're <laughs> iconic <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I think because we had kind of a different history and different perception then I think that also um, reflected on how we perceive womanhood um, nowadays but at the same time when I talk about the Soviet Union and how women rose um, helped raise the economy I'm also talking about the same women raising their children and you know going to work and doing kind of the traditional woman thing in addition to working full-time and really sacrificing themselves for the motherland so I think there is a bit of a self-sacrificing culture among women in Russia that I think is more I I think it's more apparent than the one in U.S. I heard this theory and maybe you'll agree with this maybe you won't I don't really remember where I heard it but it's basically that Soviet and Russian women because they were expected to kind of fill these work roles and be like hard workers and you know, help keep the economy afloat in addition to raising kids and being caretakers and mothers that because of that, after the Soviet Union fell, that's kind of why women started rejecting careerism. And, you know, they really wanted to be feminine and to be taken care of because they tried, you know, doing the working hard everything and they were like, we're fucking sick of this. And to us, this is what's empowering is to be the ones who are taken care of. I have a different theory about this. So I think um, in the post-Soviet era, when the Soviet Union fell apart, people were kind of still trying to figure out their new identity in Russia. And uh, what happened was that it became a boys club really quickly because people who rose to power quickly were basically not the best people and uh, leaders of, you know, the gangs and the mafia organizations and just uh, the value... Not that the values changed, but they were changing. So now, you know, you didn't have government taking care of you. And it was kind of this freewheeling spirit um, that helped people like even like Putin rise to power. And I don't think women just we're not really prone to violence. (laughs) So a lot of men who rose to power and ended up having the high government seats and, you know, taking all the businesses, the oligarchs, uh, the oligarchs, you know, that, that they basically created this culture where they were the ones calling the shots. And the only way they were interested in women, if, you know, basically if they were hot and models, and that's kind of what came out of it I think the 90s heavily influenced our culture in the 2000s where it was more aggressively more focused on our looks and femininity and you know um, Russian models um, just stuff like that yeah but I I don't know I mean 
it is, I think it's still very prevalent today, but what I would say is that we, I, I can feel the pendulum swinging back a little bit. Um, like I, I see more and more interesting women um, trying to do interesting things and there are more and more women business owners. Um, I think now it is coming, kind of coming back to that um, culture of where we do, I think, will end up with a situation where women are in the high government posts and, you know, are also running big businesses. But I don't know how long it would take to make it happen in Russia because there's so much resistance right now. And I think we're living in a very interesting moment where we can see it shifting, but there's still so much resistance that I, I mean, I don't know what will happen, but I do see like Russian womanhood kind of becoming a more apparent topic that people talk about that maybe, you know, I don't think it was like fashionable a few years ago to talk about women's issues as much as it is today. Yeah. And yeah. And it's not even the people who consider themselves activists or the people who consider themselves feminists. It's just women who are kind of just blazing a trail like one of the country's richest people is a stay-at-home mom who started an online shopping website that's wild berries i was thinking about this earlier do you think we're gonna get like trolls and nefarious actors oh definitely but the thing i'm not super worried about it because you know that meme from arthur where it's like dw she's looking at this sign that says like do not enter or something and she's like that sign won't stop me because i can't read <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, can, I can read Russian, but you know, it's not as like instant as looking at something in English. But and if I get canceled and if I get, you know, I think in a way it is inevitable. We will get trolls because, you know, we're starting an English language podcast about women. Um, I think that's, you know, like uh, the whole nationalist plus it's, it's when like a nationalist and a misogynist come together and they want to make a baby. <laughs> and then they've got this baby that's like Rosemary's baby. Yeah, and then they and see baby. our podcast and that just, you the, the hate will unite them. Oh my God, I wanted to mention something else. This is really random. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you know who Wendy Williams is? No, who she's is it? okay. She hosts this, I guess, talk show in the US. She talks about like celebrity gossip and all this stuff. And she was doing this segment on the whole Britney Spears thing. And she was talking about like her parents and how they're like the worst. Hold on, I gotta like play this audio because it was sending me, <laughs> it was sending me to the moon. Wendy Williams' support for Britney Spears is now under fire after the talk show host called for Britney's parents to die. How dare you, Mr. Spears? You had me fooled. And you too, Mrs. Spears. Death to all of them. <laughs> Death to all of them. <laughs> to be fair, I, I, That's I like support her. You would say. Yeah. <laughs> The thing is, I did say that. Like, <laughs> or kind of something Vader. like that. Yeah, I was kind of really obsessed with Britney Spears' controversy lately. <laughs> Honestly, though, free Britney. And that's the message we want to send. So, yeah, thank you so much for listening. This is our first ever episode. We're so happy that you took the time to listen to us. If you don't know Russian, Dievichka is like a little girl. Like, you'll call out for a waitress at a restaurant and you'll say, Dievichka. I mean, to an American, it sounds very like, whoa. <laughs> like, yeah. 
normally you would say like, excuse me, miss, can I have something? But no, it's just like, girl, get me some water. You'll get it on the street too. Like if someone is like trying to get your attention, like, blah, blah, blah. And I'm always just like, don't call me that. <laughs> I'm a woman. You know who also said, um, don't call me Devichka? Was that, oh my God, is that not a new thing? No. <laughs> oh God. Was it like, it. was it someone like awful? <laughs> no, the first person, not the first person, but the important person who said, don't call me Devichka was Britney Spears. Because she said, I'm not a girl, not yet a woman. Oh my God, her mind. <laughs> her mind. Also, I think what's very interesting is that there is a word for devushka, which is like an in-between, between a girl and a woman. It's a stage of your life when you're not no longer a girl, but not yet a woman. And I always thought it was very interesting how English doesn't have that. Um, thank you for listening to our brand new podcast, Don't Call Me Devichka. And you can find us on all podcast listening platforms. And also follow us on social media. We have Twitter. We have Instagram. We have YouTube. We yet have to upload anything on YouTube, but we will in the coming weeks when we invite our first guests, guest, one guest, and it will be epic. Also, men are welcome. Men are welcome to listen to our podcast and leave feedback. We do not. This is a safe space for men. This is a safe space for men. I don't, that's the thing. Like, I don't want it to be a podcast that is branded as if it's only for women. You know, I think everyone should care about what Russian women are up to. And definitely let us know on social media what kind of guests and topics you want to hear from us. Uh, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at Devochka Podcast. That's D-E-V-O-C-H-K Podcast. And don't forget to find us on Patreon also at Don't Call Me Devochka. We have tiers starting as low as $3 per month. As you get to the higher tiers, you get to more content and more privileges like early access to episodes, access to our Patreon feed and bonus content. And eventually, the more support we get, we would really like to be able to expand the kind of content we're able to offer patrons. And that includes like merch. I would absolutely wear a shirt with this little matryoshka on it that has her underwear showing. Like that would be a really sick t-shirt. Thank you guys so much and see you on the next one.